Great news, everyone. Jesus is alive and well. This is Glenn Raglan, Educational and Transformational Ministries. Great ministries. Welcome to this week's podcast. Let's pray. Father God, we come thanking you again for today's podcast. We thank you for those who have tuned in. We pray for peace in this land. We pray for those who have been affected by COVID-19. We pray that your word will go forward. It will not return to you empty. It will accomplish what you sent it to do. In Jesus' name, amen. This week, we will finish the series on the parables of Jesus and look at the unique parables found in Luke's gospel. The parable of the Good Shepherd is found in Luke 10, verses 30 through 35, and it is the response to the question that was asked of Jesus, Who is my neighbor? Jesus tells the story of a man who was robbed, beaten, and left for dead on the road from Jerusalem to Jericho. A priest came by, but when he saw the man, he walked by him on the other side of the road. A Levite passed by, saw him, and he walked by him on the other side of the road as well. But when a Samaritan came by, he had compassion on him. He cleaned up the man's wounds, let him ride his beast to the inn, and took care of him. The next day when he departed, he gave the innkeeper two days' wages and told him if he has to spend more, he would repay him the next time he comes to town. Jesus asked in verse 36 of Luke 10, So which of these three do you think was neighbor to him who fell among the thieves? And he said, He who showed mercy on him. And Jesus said to him, Go and do likewise. This parable is timely for today's racial climate, for the good Samaritan showed no bias towards race. Samaritans and Jews despised each other. The Samaritans were a mixed race of Jews who had not been sent into exile, but had intermingled with other races. Jews thought of themselves as pure blood. The priest and the Levite were prime candidates to help the man who had been beaten, yet they went out of their way not to help the man. The Jericho Road was notorious for its danger and difficulty. Travelers would journey in large groups for protection. A single traveler would be an easy target, yet we see the man that was beaten traveling alone, as well as the Samaritan. In today's heated racial climate, there are members of different races who are reaching out to help. They are from different socioeconomic backgrounds and are moved by Jesus' words, Go and do likewise. What is it that the Master wants us to do? He wants us to treat each other as neighbors, even if we don't live next to each other. The next parable is the parable of the rich fool, found in Luke 12, verses 13 through 21. Jesus uses the parable to teach on gathering wealth for ourselves, and if God blesses us with wealth, we are to be a blessing to others. In ancient times, the firstborn received a double portion of the family inheritance. One brother came to Jesus, asking him to arbitrate his request for an equal share. Jesus refuses to get involved in the dispute and warns the brothers in Luke 12:15, "Take heed and beware of covetousness, for one's life does not consist of the abundance of the things he possesses." My friends, in these United States, the haves and the have-nots are locked into a covetous struggle. The haves covet more and more material possessions each day, while the have-nots covet a tenth of a percentage point of the material possessions of the haves. Part of our current social dilemma is rooted in the exploitation of the early economic system. In the 1980s, a bumper sticker said, he who dies with the most toys wins. That's a classic example of covetousness. The haves want more toys 
and the have-nots just want a toy, any toy. What we are going through today is exactly what Jesus warns against. Here is the parable. The ground of a certain rich man yielded plentifully, and he thought to himself, saying, What shall I do, since I have no room to store my crops? So he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build greater, and there I will store all my crops and all my goods. And I shall say to my soul, Soul, you have many goods laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, Fool, this night your soul will be required of you. Then whose will those things be which you have provided? So is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. The parable of the lost coin is found in Luke 15 verses 8 through 10 and speaks of the value of one lost soul. As Christians, we must value each person since they are created by God. Luke 15.10 says, There is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. The parable also emphasizes that, as Christians, we should rejoice with the angels when someone comes to Christ. My point is this. Every day, a sinner comes to Christ somewhere in the world. The angels rejoice, and you have just been given another reason to rejoice as well. Every day. The parable of the prodigal son teaches God's love for us. A man had two sons, and the younger son demanded that he be given his share of his father's inheritance immediately. Folks, in those days, the father could give the inheritance before or after his death. It is usually done after death, yet the father showed his love for his son by granting his request. The parable continues with the young son moving away and spending all of his inheritance on a foolish, excessive lifestyle. After he had spent all he had, a severe famine gripped the land. No one would give him anything. The son was hungry and took a job feeding pigs. My Christian friends, look at the irony of this chain of events. One minute, he was living high on the hog. The next, he had considered eating what the hogs ate to feed himself. Swine were considered unclean animals by the Jews. No Jew would even think about dealing with pigs, so the lowliness of the young son's fate is emphasized. Also, in the middle of the famine, the pigs were fed, yet people went hungry. America has gone out of its way to respond to natural disasters in other countries. I'm so glad to see that when Americans face hunger because of COVID-19, feeding programs popped up to take care of the need. Yes, you may have to wait in long lines, and yes, you may have to return every week, but if you need to feed your family, you don't mind doing it. If you have enough to eat, if you have a job, you ought to be thankful for both. Luke 15, 17 through 19 describes the moment when the son came to himself and realized that he did not have to continue living the way he was living. He could go home, admit his sins to his father, and take on the role of a servant and be fed. My Christian comrades, this parable teaches that when we come to our senses and realize that we have sinned against Father God, we must take action by confessing our sins, 1 John 1 and 9, and by returning to God. God doesn't condemn us of our sins when we repent and come back to Him. God forgives us, forgets about the sin, and celebrates our return to Him. The young son's father says in Luke 15, 24, For this my son was dead and is alive again, for he was lost and is found. Folks, we were dead in our sins, but made alive by the Holy Spirit. 
Now that's worth celebrating. The parable of the unjust steward is found in Luke 16 verses 1 through 8 and is one of the most difficult parables to comprehend. The story is about a rich man who has a steward who mismanaged the man's affairs. A steward is a person who manages the resources of another, and the rich man had made up his mind to fire the steward, but not before the steward made a few more deals. The steward realized that he was about to be put out on the streets, so he goes to each of the rich man's debtors and discounts the amount each of them owe him. The steward reasoned that by discounting the debt, one of the debtors would take him in. When the rich man heard about the deals the steward had made, he complimented him on his shrewdness. What makes this parable so difficult is that all the characters are wicked. The application of the parable is explained by Jesus in verses 8 through 13 of Luke 16. In verses 8b and 9, Jesus says, For the sons of this world are more shrewd in their generation than the sons of light. Verse 9 says, And I say unto you, Make friends for yourselves by unrighteous mammon, that when you fail, they may receive you into everlasting home. Jesus was telling us that the unsaved know more about this world than the believer knows about the world to come. We are to be generous with our wealth so that we don't commit the acts like the unjust steward. Jesus concludes his teaching by telling us that if we can't be trusted with earthly wealth, how can we be trusted with heavenly riches and the responsibility of God's kingdom? We are to build up the kingdom with our wealth. Let's pray. Father, we thank you again for this week's podcast. We pray that we would be good stewards of what you have given us, that we care for others, that we bless others with our wealth, and that we rejoice always. In Jesus' name, amen. I encourage you to find a good Bible teaching church. Send your prayer request as well as your praise reports to hello at greatministries.org. Please continue to pray for great ministries and share us with your friends, your family, your loved ones, and the unsaved. This ministry is supported by friends like you. If you'd like to donate to us, go to greatministries.org, click on the donate button, or mail your check to P.O. Box 1654, Lilburn, Georgia, 30048, or call us 678-693-2204. Stay safe, be blessed, and have a great week.